Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Scarlett. And I'm Mim. And welcome back to Style Over Substance, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And this week we have a brand episode. It's not one we've done in a long time, this sort of episode yeah. where we take a brand and we talk about it because we love it or it's particularly interesting and we give you the history of it and we chat about our thoughts on this brand. And this week we are starting with quite a a significant brand for Mm -hmm. like the 2020s, 2010s, Um, a brand that we've discussed briefly in the past and, yeah, one I love. So we're doing The Row. Mm. Anyway, so um, how much of The Row's history do you know? I remember when they founded it. Okay. I sort of remember, so for those who don't know, this is owned by Mary-Kate and Ashley, the Olsen twins. Yep. Um, it was sort of like quite an unusual move. Mm-hmm. They had just been doing sort of their films. They'd done all like their twin stuff. And then it was just a real, and obviously they'd always been fashion girlies. They, they sort of were like the first like it girls kind of of our like youth somewhat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I was aware of many people had done this sort of like foray and just like move like they had their production company they were already business women mm-hmm. but it felt really out of the blue for them just to kind of create a brand yeah you're right in that at the time it felt uh perplexing Mm. but really when we go through everything and we take it into context it kind of makes sense yeah I think that we talk about Victoria Beckham a lot yeah and um, Victoria Beckham coming out with her brand and the row was this era of time where celebrities were coming into fashion in a bit Mm. more of a serious way and I remember I don't know if you do but there was a little bit of a backlash like oh, celebrities are just going to stick their name on it and call it a brand and it's going to be successful mm-hmm. because they're going to carry their, like, cultural weight with it. Um, but they don't deserve it. They're not real designers. And us designers who, you know, have studied for the craft deserve success more. And we touched on, like, nepotism and fashion and things. But Yeah, I, th- I feel like I also remember, like, even maybe it wasn't their first collection, but it was – yeah, they were kind of getting into the oversized clothing and big coats, and they were skinny girls. Everything was sort of oversized and big handbags. But similar to Victoria Beckham, they're not like just designing clothes that they want to wear. Mm. They were designing with a vision mm. and with a purpose, and it wasn't necessarily about them, and it felt serious. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's significant <clears throat> about the row is how – how much of a serious brand it has become. Mm. It is not, it does not rest on the laurels of Mary-Kate and Ashley's fame. They very much almost like remove, like they're not in the ad campaigns. Like they're not really out there promoting, like 
BB promotes, mm, you know, she, she is out there. She's like if she's wearing something, yeah, <laughs> but they, they've just let their designs do the talking. And maybe to begin with, it was fans loving them and buying it, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get Tell into me more. it. So I think we can't discuss the brand without discussing the girls, the women, the icons themselves. Yeah. I so, loved them so much. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley, twins, identical twins, born in 1986. Okay. I think that puts them as like, 36 35 at the moment yeah um and they started acting from when they were like nine months old Mm. and their big role was when they landed a permanent um character shared role between them in full house Mm. so they became like household names and throughout their childhood as i said like from infancy they have been acting doing adverts commercials you name it They also had a, as they were like young women and teenagers, came out with lines um, that had their their names on the brand, essentially. And it was targeted at like young teen girls. Um, It was like homeware, accessories, fashion. Did you have the doll? I had a Barbie doll. Yeah. 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 We were the the target generation. And you could curl its hair and it would stay. Like they had a little mini like curling wand. Curling wand? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I didn't have anything from them, but. I mean, they were like a mainstay yeah. in popular culture. Um, so they've always been working, always making money. And fashion, when you're targeting to young girls, is always the thing that's targeted. Like, we're going to go after that demographic via mm. fashion, you know? So um, actually, they, at that point, working with, I believe, Walmart, they had collections yeah. with Walmart. And they, in uh, 2004, had signed a pledge to ensure that all the gar- like the seamstresses working um, overseas, working on their stuff, were would have access to full maternity leave. And at the time, this was like really significant. I mean, it's still really significant now. Yeah, I don't know to what extent they could control the actual if this was actually implemented in a lot of um, workshops, yeah, Um, in a lot of workshops in, like, Bangladesh and whatnot. Um, But the idea and the thought is there, Mm. you know? The idea of whoever's making these things are owed a level of dignity and support. So that's really cool. In 2006 is when they actually launched the row and the row i know it's such a long time ago isn't it Uh, they were 20 they were born in 86 i feel like they were older but yeah like they felt Mm. old like they were they've been around in our minds for such a long time that they age quicker isn't it um and around about the same time oh sorry i should mention that the row is named after savile row in london did you know that? Tailoring. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. um, they have another line called Elizabeth and James, and that's the names of their siblings. That was my next point. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and that was formed around the similar time, um, and it was a more contemporary, accessible mm. line, as you said, named after their other two siblings. Um, so, yeah, they were 20 years old, starting off the row, 
Um, but as you mentioned before, that's we'll a go- pretty bold name, right? It's very strong. It's a strong one. I think. To name up something after the most famous place for tailoring, I'm guessing in the world, like the history, the prestige, the fact that like, yes, they're fashion girls, but yeah. they don't know, like they're not formally trained. They don't know tailoring. So to like yeah. put such a strong name on it, I think shows maybe how serious they were. Definitely. I mean, that could have, it could have gone badly for them. Yeah. But it That's hasn't really so far. Name. It's a really, really good, good name. name. It also, as you said, distances them from being the brand ambassadors of these roles. Mm. You know, they, at the forefront, it was a brand and a vision that they had. Um, obviously, a clear direction. They knew that tailoring was at the forefront of what they were going to be doing. Um, and so, yeah, really coming out swinging. Um, and they weren't resting on their celebrity, first and foremost. Mm. And I think there's probably a lot of people today don't even know that Mary-Kate and Ashley... No, that's what I mean, yeah. ...are part of it in any shape or form. And I think that's clearly what... Calling it a name that is so far removed from them. They weren't in the ad campaigns. They still aren't. They're very low-key. It could have just been called the Olsen... <laughs> Like yeah, it could have been called Olsen. Yeah, it could have been called anything, but they clearly, like, it was considered. That's what it tells me. Yes, that's a really good way to put it. Um, so you also mentioned that they had their own business. They were businesswomen in their own right. And it was called, they had a production company through which they ran all of their offshoots their licensing their production everything and that was called Jewel Star mm. and in 2007 they were ranked as the 11th most richest uh women in entertainment so they'd been making a hell of a lot of money I think they got really prior. good advice like I think that production company was like someone giving them some really solid advice of like is how you yeah. make this money count and Jewel Star to this day is the parent company of the row so um it's as far as I know still yeah. fully owned by them um so yeah and it, I think it's quite interesting like this has been funded by the Im- massive amount of wealth that they created before even starting their brand um so in terms of Mary Kate and Ashley and their style, you know, we know they've always been packaged as a duo, a duo, an item. You know, they've never really gone on and done things separately. Really, I know that. Um, I think Mary Kate continued to act a bit longer than Ashley. Mm-hmm. Not that I'd know of, but from what I've read. Um, so, but really, by and large, they've always been together, and I think that that when we when we talk about their fashion and their style, that is really key mm. because they've always dressed as an item. Mm-hmm. They don't dress wildly different from the other. They have their own little, you know, personality, but it's not like they try to complement each other in yeah. terms of style. Um, so, yeah, twenty tens fashion. Remember the time? What do you remember of twenty uh, tens? Let me give you a little hint. Um, Alec- Alexander McQueen's skull scarves, mm-hmm. Lenciaga city bags. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of gothic grunge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it girls. We had like Misha Barton. Yeah, 
Alexa Chung. Alexa Chung was another one. The and Olsen that was sisters. <laughs> the, the Olsen twins were like they were deemed that as that was like off. big handbag era. It was. Do you remember like that? It's like we've definitely referenced it here on the podcast before, where like there's this picture. I think it's with Mary Kate, and she's got the most battered like Birkin bag. Yeah, I think she still wears it. Um, and yeah, it's like a but like also she was super slim, and she's got this join almost like I think it must be an extra large like it was a really large bag and she's like carrying it yeah um, and it was very much like considering now the smaller the bag that you can get away with to be out in the day the better yeah 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 um this was like a statement bag it was just yeah very festivally there was a lot of bohemian mm. um, I think a lot of the style that we saw them dress in carries over to the row now so we see um Really muted colours. Back then, they wore a lot of black, even now so. Yeah. A lot of layering, a lot of scarves. I remember one time they exclusively pretty much went out in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think there was a point where they sort of wanted to totally, like, neutralise, I think, their look. And they pretty much only wore black. Yes. And, like, big black sunglasses to kind of just be like, like, our style now is not the thing in question. Like, it's our design. That's how mm, I used to see it. Okay. Like, there's nothing to see here. Again, we're all in black. Okay. You know? I saw it as a different way, but I'll explain later. Okay. So, um, Elizabeth and James, that line was, like, a chance for them to kind of – their designs highlighting, like, vintage pieces, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, hard to find. That kind of – that vintage thrifting thing that was coming yeah. about um, – was an Elizabeth and James aesthetic very much and in the row we see this like incredibly more elevated like version of their style yeah um so yeah granny chic is something that's very dear to my heart I absolutely love granny chic and I think that's why like when researching the Olsen twins it was like mate they've got some great pieces um and then yeah as I said grunge bohemian styles with what they came to be famous for mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah now on to more specifically about the row itself because for the first few years they actually didn't do interviews about their brand Do you oh. know that? it's quite interesting yeah. I think like part of the desire to distance themselves from the brand and you'll actually like this at the beginning they said that they started their designs from the viewpoint of like, let's take a basic white t-shirt and let's see how we can make the perfect white t-shirt. And like their approach to fashion was solely about the silhouette Mm. and the materials. So it was like, let's use the most luxurious materials that we can find and make sure that the proportions and the silhouette are like on point. And that's like the combination. I would of what say that wrote. still stands to this day. Like I think that is they're a very expensive price point. Like they're a really expensive luxury brand. And their designs aren't like, oh my God, they're not mind blowing. They're nothing new. You know, but that it is, you can tell it is like you could tell it's elite you can tell it is like on another level yeah, yeah yeah you can like and that's what makes it great it's not like oh my god it's like a t-shirt that's been ripped in like 10 places 
you could tell like that's a really beautiful t-shirt that's a really beautiful coat you could tell it's a really great suit like like they have considered that stuff and that's what makes it elevated yeah and still very like fashion forward or like an interesting design because they've made those commitments Mm -hmm. to yeah the garment tech of it yeah and I think that the row back to your previous point about them wearing like nothing but black Mm. as a way to put the attention on their brand I actually think that the row is they design what they want to wear I think the row is a complete representation of their style and I think the reason why the colors are quite muted they use a lot of blacks grays in the most recent collections they've got like khaki Mm -hmm. olive and like touches of red like some like a little bit of color here and there but not a lot um I think that is because their focus is on material and Mm. on silhouette and it's not about print it's not about color Um, I don't think I can recall a single thing that's printed I don't think I've ever seen anything that's printed I've seen something that's been embroidered Mm. but that's the materials yeah I've seen things that are embossed uh a lot of exotic skins um but yeah nothing that's uh yeah printed with pattern and color and yeah that's not that's not them and also to add like for anyone who might be like oh but surely all luxury fashion chooses the best fabric and the most luxurious and it's like oh no 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 like you'd be surprised and although maybe that's how like a chanel or a deal started even though i don't think it was Mm -hmm. Um, that's not how they remain a lot Mm. of these brands start to skimp on that like a company I worked for it was really important that she had a certain grade and level of leather and then like at time in time and that the hardware was plated with x and in time they're like but your margins could be better or like this is how yes and they you can get convinced into like scrimping and is like a famous thing that Chanel's bags aren't made to the quality that they were like back in the 90s like that lots of people the actually, hardware used to be gold plated and now that people not. seek after actually like a vintage almost more than they would seek after one from now mm. because it's made better and it's gonna last better um so that's actually a really unique thing for a brand mm. to be taking that stance and so for them to kind of go down that path that was basically open territory no one's done that or remained that was like a really a really cool thing yeah and I think that lends us on to the next point about pricing um as you said a lot of brands talk about margin mm. I think that when we compare a brand like the row do you know Gabriella Hurst I think you do <laughs> they are both like these these brands are seen as like the closest comparable thing Gabriella Hurst she's like from what I understand quite interested in using materials of very little waste Mm -hmm. incredibly expensive but they're both brands that are for like those New York socialites they're not trying to like shift quantity they're not ever going to try to appeal to us no and that's (laughs) not no it's not about appealing to the masses or trying to get shift a lot of bags like Louis Vuitton might want you know Mm -hmm. 
it is simply about if you want it, you'll pay the price for it. Yeah. If you want a, the yeah. highest grade cash, you, you want. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sweater. You want the best? You're going to pay for it. it. Yeah. And And I actually think that's a really... That garners, it's like, that's a quiet luxury-esque thing. That's kind of like where Hermes, I feel like, was and probably isn't. Like, Hermes has succumbed to the masses somewhat. For sure, they don't make the limited edition runs that they used to because I see every girl and their donkey. A lot of them's fake. No, but like, the amount of influencers I've seen who own or buy more than one Hermes in a year and all of that stuff. Oh, I see. And Chanel, what was that that I sent you? In Chanel, you're only allowed to buy two bags a oh, year. Oh yeah, or yeah. They started a quota system as well. Yeah, because um, it was like that was something to do with gun crime. Um, but <laughs> I think that yeah, they're not like they're that's it's it's integrity to them, mm. and it's kind of like this is where we are. You either meet us there or like you don't. Yeah, and um, that. that's how a classy lady should be. <laughs> so. This really explains the pricing and a basic tea, you know, their perfect basic tea um, was priced at about £400. Now, that is not necessarily unusual for a designer t-shirt. I should say £300 is probably like a designer t-shirt, right? Yeah. But the argument could be said that with that, you at least get the logo on it, right? That's what people buy the designer t-shirts for. Not me. Not you, but... <laughs> Sorry, that was really weird. Um, but but yeah, some people most like people who buy the people who are buying a, something for a lot of money are going to be like, oh well, at least everyone knows it's Gucci. Yeah, exactly. Theirs is a plain one because you are buying, you're paying for the materials essentially. Um, and there's actually a story that I read about this woman had she was really this was in New York. She loved the. Um, cashmere sweaters that they did and she bought 30 of them because she she bought them in all the colors and stuff she'd never wanted like say for example they discontinued them she was like that shit can't be without it yeah yeah i can't be without these sweaters she bought 30 of them 30 grand in total a thousand pounds yeah well if a t-shirt yeah is 400 and Mm -hmm. cashmere is you know so it's the idea of like this is the to rich people to like yeah. properly rich people this is their uniqlo <laughs> there you go maybe not but like i there get it i get it um and when you consider or like their maxamara there you go their uniqlo their maxamara yeah whatever right. but it's it's 
it's where you get your quality, not even basics. I don't think that's fair to always say that, but they also do do quality basics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I understand what you mean. And not only are they incredibly wealthy themselves, so this is probably how they spend. Mm. But I mean, one of them was married, albeit for a short period of time, to like the half brother of a former president of France. Yeah. French billionaire. Yeah. He's like, um, financier banker and so these like and the fact that they have like a head office in France as well as other places but like you see them in Paris a lot Mm. and I think that being part of I hate to say it an old money aesthetic aesthetic Parisian chic yeah um that they really are going after those who have unlimited money so to speak And I wouldn't mind betting that, and I think this happens a lot when people are wealthy, young, famous, young, you spend a lot of time with grown-ups. Like they started working at a really young age. And so actually you hang out with quite an older crowd. That's why we do see like child actresses often like go marry somebody older because they were old before their time. Yes. And so I wouldn't mind betting they actually spent a lot of time around older people who potentially influenced Mm. you know yeah that's a good point I think so as well like they're in their like um because they're in their mid-30s they're not old but they don't dress and also the brand is very trendless Mm. they have their own style they have their aesthetic and that's what they do they don't follow the trends and it is a it is quite a grown-up approach to fashion quite frankly so their one of the not one of their first editorial was in Forbes of course um, with Lauren Hutton on this motorcycle um, in their leather stretch leggings so very cool Um, and that was one of their like first big moments where their brand was like out there you know and being worn and styled alongside other designers wow so um yeah quite a cool moment for them um and then like as reading reading about the brand I came across some really quite cool descriptions of you know how the row is seen and it said it called it like puritanical monastic so like imagine like being in a monastery Mm. like it's grandeur yeah it's like simplicity Mm -hmm. and like how grand it feels it's not minimalist although the colors are simple but there's like a lot of draping and there's a lot of form and silhouette I think I saw on their website recently they've got this what seems like this trench coat that is tucked into this like bell-shaped skirt Mm. like that sort of thing you don't see all the time yeah um also this like oversized wool coat with almost feels like this big sash across the top and that is also wool in the same color it's like monochromatic yeah. but you know the use of like really luxurious fabrics can't be seen as like minimalist yeah, yeah, in yeah. that sense um and also somebody made a really interesting point that like you know how the word luxury is like thrown about everywhere and quite 
most of the time it's used to just refer to the price of something yeah. like something's expensive it's luxury and that's yeah, not necessarily that's why I felt it was like important to make the point of like just because something's from Fendi like yeah the quality could be like not loads better from Zara like that that doesn't it doesn't equal quality we've said that before mm-hmm. price tag does not equal quality in these places you're kind of paying for the honor to be wearing their brand and their design yeah amongst a lot of it definitely and the point was that like when you're able to buy something that's off the rail and it already feels like it's part of your wardrobe that is a sign of like luxury and Mm. I took that to mean like it already feels like lived in part of what part of your own style part of like your wardrobe I thought that was really cool yeah but that also like screams a very wealthy my 500 pound t-shirt yeah but I get it I think that's a real compliment to any designer that like um because it sort of also speaks to the timeless it's not trend driven yeah. that's what it speaks to it just fits right in it's not like oh it's just some random outfit because ultimately and I think that they seem to achieve this as well with sort of their whilst they do like show at the correct times for fashion weeks and stuff like that yeah. it is very trendless like there is no way I don't think trends are the same as it was but even if you're wearing a row jacket from two summers ago, mm. it doesn't feel like, oh, God, that was a time. Like, calm, like, why are you still wearing that? Mm. It, there isn't any element of that. And that is, like, a really special thing to do. Yeah, definitely. So um, they've actually won a, a couple of awards for their, I mean. My girls have, yeah. It's one of those things that when you're, like, famous, it's easier to get these CFDA awards, mm. <laughs> I think. Um, but in 2015, they won a CFDA award for women's wear. It's a pretty big one. But that took nine years. Nine years to get that. Yeah, but things take time, isn't it? And if they were given it, like, yeah, yeah, three yeah. years in, yeah. we'd be like, come on now. Yeah. Um, and in 2019, so quite recently, they won a CFDA award for accessories. So I don't know when they started their accessories line, but their accessories are super popular. Yeah. That I can tell. Like, I don't, I don't mean it's like, you know, you see it on everyone. But again, like, there's no logo. And it's really hard to create a logo-less bag like that looks nice but also suits a like having a an accessory line like that like isn't an easy feat to kind of like achieve mm-hmm. it to fit in yeah and I think they've done a really good job of their bags yeah they um I've seen pictures they wear their bags mm. you know they definitely wear their collection and their bags are not actually very expensive no, in no. terms of luxury bags their clothes relative to other brands are expensive but their bags seem to kind of fall in line yeah I would say so they've got one called the Sophia crossbody and it's three grand which is cheaper than Chanel um in line with I guess yeah yeah. um so yeah not crazy but yeah they've won their second award only about four years ago um during the pandemic though the brand did suffer some turmoil in that they had to let half the people go 
and they've had like a bit of a changing of the guard like the CEO left and they I believe are now in the CEO position um but I mean that was kind of like the same for not saying for a lot of brands a lot of brands had to let people go and they also when Barney's went bankrupt um that was like their biggest account and mm. so they had to start to like what they call trim down a bit yeah because it was such a massive account like you can't operate in the same way as they were doing before um i think we covered it when we just started our podcast because they were like was it macy's as well there was like a couple of them that were like really shaky um and i think some i think there was a period of time where like department stores the the name and the online presence got bought out but then like the department store got just let yeah, go. Shut go. Shut yeah. Go. <laughs> um, but yeah, even now it's still, it makes uh, a profit. So sorry, Vicky. But... Uh, she does now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it still continues to be successful. And I think even now, like more so in the era of stealth wealth, quite luxury. And then just in general, I think that, the trends or the dominant trend there's a lot of trends going on but there is a everything's sleek more pared down um we're going for glowy skin as opposed to um piling on the makeup lots and lots of makeup Mm. we're going for quality over quantity and over flashiness um we're going for things that aren't too brand heavy in case that brand ends up being quite controversial and things like yeah. that. Um, That's so true. And so I think that the row, they've never really wavered on their vision, but now which there's is, a moment. Which is tough, right? Because they were two very young girls. Like, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, but to not change the vision that you create for a brand that you like, you don't have any experience and you don't know if your style or your vision is going to change at any point, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't. And like, I bet the first few years were tough and maybe didn't see a reward and maybe didn't see a profit, but they just very much persevered with it. Yeah. And so I feel like they either have very good senses of selves or had help like with that sense of self-direction for this brand. Well, they had a, they had designers so yeah. that's good I think it's always good when you hire people who know how to create a vision yeah and a, like a collection and yeah. all of that stuff and I also think and like I like I wonder if you feel this too mm-hmm. I think in a post-pandemic world I think people are buying into fashion more than ever hmm. I don't know I really don't know like, I kind of just feel like whatever it might be, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, um, designer, designer, but whether or not it is people spending, like, 150 quid on a hoodie, mm-hmm. like, I feel like there is just this sort of, like, and maybe that's the luxe kind of or the the um, quiet luxury, like, that flex of, like, oh, if you don't know, this is represent a 155 pound hoodie yeah, yeah like kind of a thing um or all these yeezys that are 200 pounds i think that people are choosing to spend money on those things so i wouldn't mind betting like that maybe also the row has now got potentially the tier underneath 
like the socialites potentially reaching for those for those garments too because mm. there yeah. are definitely people who are reaching out of their bands right now it's aspirational for and people I, yeah i think i think that's potentially like we did all dream of who we would be and what we would wear after the pandemic mm-hmm. and i think some people are like working to make that a reality yeah, I do think... I would love to own a coat from them one day. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would. Like, their coats And if you go on there, if you actually look at their full collections, there are pieces that are like, this is really cool. Yeah. This is, like, really nice. And, yeah, but it's not... Not everything's, like, boring and done before. Mm. Some of it is like, wow, this is really quite cool. The dresses, though maybe seemingly simple, the way it drapes, the way it moves, the, the fabric, you're like... This is a, this would be a special piece to someone, you know? But I feel like those also are the examples, right, of when we did our episode of, like, is it, is it a nice dress or is she just skinny? Or, like, is she, or is it just her body? They kind of, like, there is no argument. It is the skill and it is, like, the dress. Mm. You know what I mean? What they, they really play with tailoring, which is clearly, like, the row, Mm -hmm. but they make sure that the, tailoring or like how they've draped it or how they've kind of like manipulated the fabric is interesting and clever and exciting mm-hmm. and like that's a really like that's a really fun thing to celebrate when you see someone doing something you're like that might be a black dress but I've not seen a black dress like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, definitely and that is I think the row yeah um last point about the row is when you actually what I find interesting about the idea of their vision and how they approach it. Um, if you go on their Instagram, it's not filled with product. Mm. It is pieces of like vases and artwork and pieces that might serve as inspiration to them. It's like the fullest, like the row aesthetic. Yeah. Like their, like their Pinterest, what we imagine their Pinterest board. Is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, and you go on their website and there's a selection called gallery and it's vintage pieces of jewelry from the fifties and thirties. And it says price upon request. And so you can reach out and see if like that gold cuff made in the 1930s, who maybe like belonged to someone else or that jeweled necklace or whatever. Um, you can see it's in, it's in your price point and like buy it. Cause they, they have always been, vintage jewelry accessory mm. girlies and so yeah I think it's um it's refreshing um when they're still trying to honor the idea of you know exclusive and really looking for like gems yeah. in fashion but yeah that's the row a really interesting brand oh, I love them yeah and also good for them definitely definitely I think it's and that's not an easy job. And no. like I I could be naive in thinking it, but I think they're in I think they're in the office. Like I think they are putting the work in. I think they do. I'm not saying they're sat there doing the sketches, but I think that they are overseeing design meetings. I think they are there. I think they are being brought like I think they're doing that daily grind. I think they have their entire diary filled with meetings. Yep, I think so. I believe I believe the hype. I, like, I I believe it and like and actually like I believe that of Victoria Beckham like less so but like yeah. maybe like 70% I believe that because she also sort of seems to just like live her life a bit yeah. Yeah. she's but enjoying I, life but I do I do think that they're they're there to work mm. Definitely. Um, 
and they probably helped pave the way for Phoebe. Listen, when you start working at nine months old, all you can do is work. But yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think about the row. Do you love them? Hate them? Think they're overrated? If you have the chance and the money, would you spend your money on the row? Let us know. Anyway, thanks for watching our episode. Mm. You can reach out to us um, on Style Over Substance Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the places. Yeah. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.